1: Hello, I'm your host Cheryl Jones and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today I'm talking with Laura Lewis. Laura's the founder of Odyssey Star, a media and marketing company that focuses on amplifying the brands of individuals and companies with life enhancement messaging to the world. Laura's been a television and radio host, producer, and national spokesperson for notable brands. She's also an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and innovator with a deep passion to affect positive change in individuals' lives. In 1995... Laura's life took a tragic turn when the love of her life, Bob, with no warning, took his own life, leaving her a single mother of two young daughters. A rebound marriage resulted in a third child and many twists and turns. As a result, grateful for her own warrior spirit, Laura uses her personal life lessons to support victory for herself and others. Laura helps individuals build resiliency and positive energy, resulting in positive life Life changes. Her core message is that life can be restored and lived to the fullest, no matter what. Welcome, Laura. Oh, thank you, Cheryl, so much for having me here. This is a a a pleasure for me to uh, talk about this whole journey with you. Absolutely, and and it's also. I hope you won't mind me saying it's it's a special pleasure because um, you came to me by way of one of my kids, and uh, it it always is warming when when they send me people when they say, "Mom, have this person," you know, (laughs) "Have you seen this person?" So I'm appreciative of that too.
2: Oh, I know. It's interesting how life works, you know, our connections where you're you're on the west you're on the west coast, which where my oldest daughter is, right, and and I'm actually in Austin, Texas, and it's this fascinating, this world, how we all become interconnected through just this whole beautiful global network. I think that your daughter actually saw an article I had written, uh, and I had shared on Facebook about my journey, uh, talking about the the anniversary, I guess, of 22 years ago, and I just felt like writing about it this year, and I didn't know who it was going to touch,
1: and it led me to you. It's a, a wonderful web of connection. Um, I came upon a quote from you that that um, kind of lays the ground groundwork, I think, for our conversation today and so resonated with ways that I have of thinking about things. You said, I often say those of us who've experienced the darkest of the dark are able to go to the lightest of the light, the joyous contrast to the depths of devastation. Yes, uh, yeah. Because I do think that the the level of feeling we're allowed to we allow ourselves to embrace in our lives, you kind of have to be able to go in all different directions to open that up, don't you think? Oh yes, I mean, and I would,
2: you know, honestly, I, I find myself saying that. On a regular basis, every year, I know I say it out loud several times to somebody that needs to hear that part from me. And I, you know, look, it's interesting because uh I could never have forecasted the journey that I was about to take in my life, you know, when I was a captain of my high school dance drill team, you know, life was great. And I mean, it wasn't perfect. It's never perfect, but you know, we end up going on, some of us, more challenging journeys than others. And I can say, you know, that I did have to, I I dove into the darkest places, and now I'm one of those that, you know, when people meet me or they're around me or just you know even even encounter me like in a grocery store or whatever, I'm like one of those people that might look a little bit like, wow, she's kind of, you know, a little eccentric. She, she's looking for other things and talking about other things a lot of people don't talk about. Like, I'll be looking up at the sky at the clouds and look, at, look more closely at birds and, and flowers and stuff like that. And I think many of us who have faced dark times, uh, you have a choice, really. You know, you're on this path. And you can either go down with the ship or you can go on the other direction and, and really go towards that lightest area and elevate yourself up and appreciate all the good things in life and appreciating life. And you know, Cheryl, I just want to mention, I know that we're, you know, we're live today, but we're also recording this and, but today is interesting because I'm, I live in Texas and uh, the biggest, Storm ever has hit the coast of of our state, and many, yes. many, many people in Houston and along the coastal areas have lost their homes. Some people have lost their lives. They've and and they've either literally lost their lives, or they've lost their lives as they they knew it. You know, they've known it in shock now, reeling through this and adapting. Uh, but they'll come out on the other side, and and we hope, and I I hope the very best. I hope for the resilience. Uh, for them to dominate in their lives and to stay on that positive track. And you know what's also fascinating, Cheryl, too, is to read about the positive stories, to read about the people that are opening their hearts and love and all that. And that tragedy, tragedy in of itself can bring the best out of people. And 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 it did in my life, you know. I mean, it did. it, It affected positive change within me. And that's why I live the way that I do and helping others to do the same.
1: And the other thing I hope for, I was just actually watching a um I wanted to um see some current information about what was going on with with Texas and so right before this show actually I was I was um watching Something about it, and um, what I hope for too is that people's grief over what they they lost gets supported, because you and I both know if that doesn't get a place, it's real hard to get to the next place. Yeah. Um, and let's go. Let's talk. Let's start at the quote unquote beginning of this okay. story in a way. All right. Um, because uh, my wife and your husband died the same year. In 1995, um, my daughter was two and a half then. I had also a 14-year-old in, in my home then. Um, and, um, and so similar and yet so remarkably different because um, we prepared for that actively and consciously for almost a decade and so i was putting myself in your shoes to have this very traumatic kind of loss come completely out of the blue as you've as you say several times in things that i've read that you've written could you just take the listeners there a bit to to that moment of of huge calamity in your yes. life mm, yes um well you
2: know bob and i had been together nine years we had been married eight of those years uh, it was, he was lovely, you know, a beautiful man inside and out, wonderful heart. Would write me poetry, would stand on top of chairs and tables and announce to everybody how much he loved me and his girls, and he was funny. And, and, you know, there was really no obvious signs whatsoever that there was anything like this that was going to occur. And, um, truly, when on the day that it happened, and there was nothing that could have ever prepared me for such a shock. To, I just thought he was going to a meeting the night before, uh, he didn't come home that night, when in reality, uh, what had happened is that he had, um, gone in, we had lived on a big piece of property, and he went out into the carriage house, which was way, this home was built in the early 1900s in Philadelphia, and, uh, basically from what you know, the detectives had determined, and everything, that he had gone in there, and basically um, stayed in there. And at some point in the early morning hours, wee wee morning, morning hours, in the darkness hours, uh, took his life. And uh, I was actually thought he was a missing person at this point in the morning, uh, and was dealing with that idea of wait, he didn't come home. Where is he? You know what? I had my my small children to deal with. I was sending one of them off to camp in the Poconos that day. The bus was going to come, you know, at ten, and and my little one, uh, two, you know, she was just three, and she was with my babysitter in the house. And here I was going this this very surreal experience of having after making many calls and trying to figure things out and noticing things were a bit askew in the house and like. Not normal, like he had left his, uh, he had left some belongings or something on the table. I don't remember what they were that he would have normally taken with him. So anyway, I ended up calling the police to file a missing persons report. And I tell people, you know, and I have done talks on this before, that when, when the policeman came to the door, you know, and I opened the door, uh, to greet this very handsome, very sweet, lovely policeman, I invited him into my home. You know, I did not know what was going to happen after that. And within an hour, uh we had actually found my uh, husband in the back carriage house, because this very wise policeman uh was asking all the right questions. He made sure he was with me. He made sure to walk around with me and everything else. And so that moment after, because the carriage house was locked, we saw Bob's car uh in the alley. The key was not where it's supposed to usually was. And basically, there's a whole story about it that I won't get into right now. But the fact of the matter is, is that I did get a glimpse through the French doors of the carriage house that something was wrong in there. And then the policeman is the one that broke down the door. And he came out and informed me, you know, that my husband was gone. And I tell people that it was a moment that my entire reality was all the reality of everything, of, my gosh, my husband, my love, you know, the daddy of my daughters, you know, the one that I was going to grow old with, the one that was going to walk down the aisle with my children and when they got were getting married and you know, all these things, my entire world just was completely obliterated as if someone, you know, blew it up. Or, mm-hmm. I always say it was almost like a machine gun, just blasted through everything. So, you know, From then on, of course, you know, the journey goes, which we can talk some more about, but it's just, you know, I also say, you know, look, here's the thing is that, um, you know, I forgave him right away in my heart. I knew, I know, and after all the research I did and everything about suicide and I became an expert about the subject, which I never Mm. thought I would ever uh, (laughs) become an expert on that. But, uh, you know, learning more all about that and understanding, you know, that he believed at that moment that that choice, you know, was the best choice. He didn't leave a note. Uh, so we had to put the pieces of the puzzle together to try to figure it out. And no one really, really ever could know. One could only speculate completely about what had happened. But I want to mention one other thing is that um, I say to people, you know, as I, I used to talk about grief a lot to groups and did interviews a lot within the first decade of Bob's departure. And uh kind of cooled it a little bit, you know, backed off a little bit. But during those times when I would talk about it, I would say, you know, I used to say a few months before Bob's death that I was in this lovely home. Uh, my children were beautiful, you know, had this beautiful, lovely life. And I felt a little bit, I had my first book published, I'd done some radio, and we had moved to Philadelphia from Dallas, and I was almost, I was saying, well, what's next? You know, saying a prayer, I said, please send me a teacher. You know, what? please send me a teacher to me, perhaps I can be guided in the direction I need to go with my life as a positive messenger, right? Because I've always had the passion, um, and I'd, I would have much rather have had, you know, a, a, a guru or a Buddhist monk or whatever, knock on my door and say, "I'm here to teach you." I'm here. <laughs> but instead, who yes. came to my door was this experience, which ultimately led to my spiritual evolution, my evolution of everything, of all that I am. It tested me. It tested my daughters. It tested his family members and friends. And and from out of all of that. Uh, um, a, a new story was written for the future as to the path I was going to be taking. I guess. So, um, yeah, is that kind of what you were interested in hearing at this point? I mean, well, my daughters sure. were very, very young, and now they're now they're uh, twenty five and twenty eight. So it's been quite a long time.
1: I, I in preparing for today, I watched your do- daughter's um, film, um, uh, the one that's uh your conversation together yes uh, about yes. her father's death and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was so beautiful and simple i i've had similar experiences with my own daughter of creative expressions mm-hmm. that come out of losses and it's it's so moving to um I, I i felt so moved to be in on that conversation between you um and and what strikes me, the reason I brought it up right now, is that idea you just said that things can come in your life that, that you learn from them, that frame of reference that you can learn from things that happen, um, helps me the most with with difficulty. Mm-hmm. That That there's actually something I can either just, quote-unquote, suffer, just suffer, mm-hmm. or I can... Grow. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like quite a stark choice to me, even though I know both are involved.
2: (laughs) You know, well, Uh, that's the whole deal about being human, isn't it? You know, as we, I believe, as we are on this planet walking this walk in, in this good old life school, that we have our choices, you know, each and every day. Do we go to a, I'll use my language, a lower vibrational place? You know, do we go into that place of, anger and fear and paralysis and everything else or do we or can we move in the direction of the higher higher emotions of you know being coming to this life in love and joy and peace and you know we're here to really truly love is what life is all about ultimately and it's hard it's hard for many many people to get that especially when faced with such tragedy and challenges you know um, the the video that you watch is it, called More Than Someone uh, mm-hmm. by my daughter, Victoria Pollack. And it was a, I think it ended up being a four and a half minute uh, film. She actually had um, done that for uh, a program that she was involved with as a junior in high school. She was going through this program that was a month long. It was for creative People. There were filmmakers and graphic people and dancers and actors, and it was a very exclusive, cool program she got to be a part of, you know, blessed to be a part of. And um, they had told her that she needed to do a film about someone. And so she had called me up and she said, Well, look, and asked me for ideas. I said, I don't know, do one on the cafeteria lady. (laughs) I don't know. I was just, you know, give it throw. And she's like, Of course, mom has stupid ideas. Right. Like, mom, no. She ends up calling me back the next day and said, I've decided to do it on myself. Can I ask you a few questions about dad? And I did not know. The the interview was happening. This I did not know I was being recorded. That was actually a forty five minute conversation that she ended up editing down to that four and a half minutes or whatever. Didn't tell me about it until she came home from the program. She'd won the top award from the Herb Albert Foundation, as a matter of fact, as a you know a rising young star award, which gave her you know college money and and all sorts of things. And I can tell you that lots of tears were shed, not only. With the idea that she she actually won this beautiful gift of, of a scholarship money that would support her through four or five years of college, uh, which was amazing. But then, when she finally showed me the the video, she and she turned and she looked at me and she said. It's not what you think it's gonna. It was gonna be, and then as I watched it, I was just completely stunned. Uh, but you see, uh, you know, and let's, I did share
1: with take you, barrel Let's take our break, Laura, and come back and talk oh. about that a little bit more sure. because uh, there, I have some thoughts about um, what that film means about. Uh, you and your daughters that I'd really like to talk to you about Perfect. and and listeners in the meantime you can go to the Good Grief page at Voice America you can go to my uh, my website all links are on the Voice America page and to find Laura Lewis go to com. be back soon
3: Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. health and wellness channel.
2: We're on the cutting edge of social media.
0: Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones.
1: I'm, I'm here with Laura Lewis. Uh, the suicide of her husband when her kids were very young uh, ultimately led to her own transformation. And before the break, Laura, we were talking about the film that your daughter created in high school, actually. The thing that really stood out, which I think is so relevant to what we're here talking about today, is that um, from my point of view, we it's hard to get to that transformation that you and I have both experienced without being able to be open about the loss itself. And what I noticed in the conversation was how open it was that the two of you were very um, present with the feelings you had about that loss Um not overcome by it, but certainly willing to be open with each other about what it had meant in your lives uh, and willing to be emotional with each other, yeah, yes, well, suicide does which can that. be ca- which can be hard with parents and children period absolutely <laughs> you know? and
2: I feel I feel it was interesting because if you remove a parent as you, you you understand that I mean when a parent is for me it was he was suddenly gone, and then i I was the single parent for a time until I fell into the next situation, which we'll get into in a little bit, I guess, but you know <laughs> sure. dealing with dealing with my daughters, and it's very different they're very different, but they're both artists, you know, my oldest is the actress, she's you know very accomplished now but throughout her journey through you know from very young was always acting in theater and writing one acts about the tragedy and I remember one time having to go into a theater at uh, I think it was UC Santa Barbara where she got her undergrad I'm sitting there and I'm about to watch a one act all about the moment that he takes his life and she's in a black box theater there are no props or anything but she, there she is she stands except chair standing up on a chair, pretends to have a rope above her. I mean, it was like really difficult, oh, right? Mm, but mm. my daughters, like Victoria and Tara, what was so good about it is that they both felt like they could express and they were both excellent writers. They would write about it. And I was, you know, I was I was really a lot, very much in awe of them, actually. Now, the interesting, the contrast between the two, um, they won't mind me saying this, is that Victoria really, did not want to get in therapy at all. She, she, you know, I tried to get her in therapy super early. It was like trying to get a spider monkey out of a car. I mean, you know, she just (laughs) wouldn't get out. I I was like pulling everything to get her in to see this wonderful therapist. She just wouldn't have it, you know. Whereas Tara, you know, was quite open and and had many years of therapy. Fortunately, both came to the point where they both were like, you know, where Victoria did is that she was like, you know, now, Meeting that, facing it head on. however, the sharing of emotions between the three of us, it changed our relationship, Bob death did. We became much closer sometimes crossing boundaries, crossing those lines from parent daughter, you know, when they got older, and which is tricky. You know, it's very tricky because we know as parents we have to have these lines to have healthy relationships. Um, sure. But then again, you know, who's to say what is perfect? And with Victoria in that, in the, in the film and our communication with each other, you know, the tears coming forth from Vic and the pain coming forth, yet sharing on the end of that film a very positive note for me, a message for me, which took me by surprise, you know, mm-hmm. that I was just stunned. But then again, as, you know, as I sit here and I'm kind of a, pretty visual person and a kinesthetic person. And so if I go back and try to identify my journey with my daughters throughout watching their pain as they grew through the years, through the father's days, through the daddy daughter dances and through different things like that, that he wasn't available, he wasn't there, he was gone to watch them go through all this is that I felt my heart squeeze, my stomach get tight and I just held on. You know, just held on and was strong, as, as strong as I could be, you know, for them. Because I'll tell you honestly, and I, and I hate to say this, but my children saved my life, you know. Because when mm-hmm. faith was such a dramatic departure of my husband, that I, it is by God's grace in many ways that I had them. Because it was like, well, here we go. Because I needed to step into the warrior woman, the you know the strong, spiritual, good mom, who was going to guide the way and lead the way with my light.
1: Well, I, I have a similar experience, feeling um, feeling a sense of responsibility too. To you know, I had so much more time to prepare, um, so uh, I I kind of I I. There was no way to know that I actually was prepared, but I think I was pretty prepared, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could only get that looking back and seeing what happened. But uh, I I knew I wanted to uh, show my kids uh, that, that grief can be done, mm-hmm. you know, that that I was still going to be alive. And what came as a surprise to me is I... I felt much more passion for living after watching my wife die, to be honest, yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, it was so clear to me how precious life is, uh, which seemed, you know, at an earlier time I when she was sick, I was thinking, I'm just going to want to die. But yeah. that wasn't my experience whatsoever. Um, yeah. So life is surprising, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, it really is. And, and you know, I, we all, I think we all face these moments at some points in our lives of uh, the dark night of the soul, really. I mean, many of us do. If we were all honest, we would say we've all kind of been there at some point, you know, whether it's deeper, more dramatic than the other. I don't know. I can't compare. Uh, but I will say, as I said, my children, my beautiful daughters, they were like my lights. I was their light. But but also, it's so true because once I got once I went through all those stages of grief which took a long time. I got to tell you something and if and if you might identify with this too. For the first entire year, not only did I have therapy, but I talked nonstop. I mean, nonstop <laughs> about it. I, I talked and I talked and I talked and I talked and I talked. <laughs> Where I, I know, my, my, I'm so grateful for the my friends that were around, the people that was that were around that would just listen to me and nod their head and listen. And, and finally, one day, I that stopped. is a gift. Not everyone has that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, one- I mean, it was just like I was done. I was just done yapping away. I had to just regurgitate all the stuff and get it out and get it out and another amazing thing happened and you know you know i'm really into
1: health cheryl you know my degree is nutrition. yes and i want to talk about that i just feel as if there's kind of a an arc to our conversation isn't there that yeah. this terrible calamity happened and we're kind of talking about how that led to where you are now just mm-hmm. so listeners know where we're going. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort I'm I'm always so careful not to not to give the impression you can just skip all the hard yucky stuff, you know? Right. <laughs> it's all gotta happen as yeah. far as I can tell. So you had you needed a year of just being listened to and talking and talking and talking and talking it out. Yeah. I did.
2: And and uh some fascinating things happened in the beginning. It was kind of strange. I was really, prior to Bob's death, I was really passionate about health and wellness. I couldn't even pick up a self-magazine, you know, or, or the prevention. Mag- I just didn't, I wasn't interested for the first three months of reading about it. I was just about, almost like about survival and feeling, you know, sure. just getting through it, right? And and when you're grieving, and I, I lost, I, I don't eat when I'm stressed or grieving. And I mean, I lost a lot of weight. I I didn't want to eat anything. And I would just, I was eating and consuming things I normally never would just for energy like I don't like coffee Uh, I'm one of those I've written about how good it is for you in my books but I, Mm. I, I was like finding myself going to coffee shops and getting like double espresso drinks with all sorts of sugar and junk in them that I normally would never consume right and so I was trying to keep myself going but then I came back to myself and the fascinating thing is I have always been so passionate about health and wellness and, and body, mind, and spirit. And I had, I had done a radio show in Dallas before we moved to Philadelphia from 1990 to 93. And Bob died in 95. And during that time, I was doing this radio show. It was a health show and I had about alternative health, whatever. I met lots of really neat people. I met an aromatherapy massage. Person, I met an acupuncturist, I met all these people. And when I returned to Dallas, which I did after Bob's death, all these people came forward. I, it's like I had a team of people that mm. supported me physically. So I would go and get a two hour custom aromatherapy massage that healed me. I had a homeopath who helped me with homeopathic remedies. I had an acupuncturist who helped me. I had a therapist who did. EMDR, which is, I got to tell you, you, I'm sure you're familiar with it or you might do it, but EMDR, it helped me so much get rid of my flashbacks and took me out of paralysis, which really led me to a lot more uh, interest in hypnotherapy and hypnosis, which I, I got trained in clinical hypnotherapy when I was living in LA several years ago. I love the impact of the subconscious and how you can affect positive change. So the point is, is that after this massive devastation, you know, akin to a flood or a tidal wave or what else, whatever else you want to call it, and I came out on the other side and, you know, with my daughters and re rebuild it rebuilt myself my body my mind with the assistance with the, and I almost say it's like these people just showed up like angels you know I felt divinely that's taken exactly the, up, the word I else.
1: had in my mind yeah. Laura <laughs> yes. you you had you had seated your your angel choir there by uh in your previous work um yeah. and and I I resonate with that I mean I I feel very privileged to have been well supported in grief, and a lot of people are not. That's part of why I'm so passionate about doing this show, you know yeah because um, a lot of people in my office say nobody will listen to them. they don't have any resources. nobody's caring for them. and those are the people that can afford to enter my office, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's a there's a vast um arc of different experiences people have in terms of whether there's a place for their grief so that they can actually move through to new places.
2: Yes, I agree. You know, the self-destruction aspect of it that can come out of that, uh, which whether it's conscious or unconscious or whatever, if one is in grief and they might go to this negative place of not treating their body well, right, through good diet and, and fitness and breathe, even breathing, you know. Um, if I was going to parlay any type of uh, of advice to people that are listening to this uh, interview with you and I, that I would say, you know, it's just get down to the super basics and start to try to take care of yourself because it's it's really, really important for your mental and emotional well-being to get back to that center point physically because as you know the gut is you know our gut needs to be taken care of we've got all sorts of good bacteria in our gut that actually will create serotonin and dopamine in our brains and our bodies and help us feel better so if we're able to start at the i mean this is pun intended at the core of ourselves Mm. in our gut and our gut health and then 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 focus upon sleep and then focus upon moving and then, you know, really all these simple things, breathing, uh, consciously breathing deep breaths and that we can put yourself back and set yourself upright again and then be able to be stronger and more balanced. Because that's the thing, isn't it, Cheryl, is that in grief, it can knock us so flat. And then physically you're so you're flattened and then it impacts you mentally. And I mean, it's like a vicious cycle. So we have to take charge somehow and, and who, wherever you begin, it's your own choice, right? Your own choice to begin. What sounds right? What feels right? Is today the day I become conscious of my breath or is today the day I stop drinking, you know, a half of case of Coke or something like that. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, you can choose what path to take, but at least take that first step on your physical and emotional, mental health.
1: I, I've been, um, I, I actually started thinking about what I thought grief took uh, to move through. Now, I don't consider loss to be something that goes away. Uh, uh, my relationship to my wife continues now. Yes. Uh, it's just that it has a lot more gratitude in it, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot more um, uh, consciousness of where that experience took me in myself. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've kind of come up with four things, and you're referring to this idea a little in my mind, which is you've got to have the feelings, you've got to have some comfort and solace, you've got to have some in- inspiration, and you've got to take some action. But the timing on all of that is very individual. And the particular things that, you know, for you it was a two-hour aromatherapy massage. For another person it might be listening to a particular song. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just really little simple things seem to have such a big impact on how people experience grief. Yes? Yes.
2: Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Simplicity is the best place to resonate in that process and just tuning into what works for you. It took me, you know, I mean, look, here's the deal is that I, wow, you know, we we were joking. I joked with you in email, I think. I made some typos and I said, oh my gosh, I used to be perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what yeah. was that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> And which is really
2: yeah. not true, of course, but, right, it's like,
1: <laughs> it went, well, oh, what, it, was it
2: a Toby Keith song that he says, uh, I'm not as good as I used to be, but I'm better than I've ever was, or something like that, you know?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and also that kind of, um, uh, you know, I, I feel that experience made me less self-conscious overall, mm-hmm. my own loss experience, um, like, okay, I'm just me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's too much energy to try to be a great something. I'll right. just be, be me. Let, let's start there and, and go forward into what you're doing these days when we come back from the break. All right. All right. And, and yes, I, yes, listeners, uh, during the break, you can go to my website, weatheringgrief.com, and the Good Grief host page, of course. To find Laura Lewis, go to lauralewis.com. Be back after the break.
3: Health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard
2: Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss Mondays at 11
1: a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
3: Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief.
1: Welcome back to Good Grief. I've been talking with Laura Lewis. Uh, The suicide of her husband in 1995 ultimately led to her life's passion and work and before the break Laura um, we were kind of beginning to go towards what you do now um, I just want to you you know I do know quite a bit about your all of your journeys and um, I guess I would say you had to follow a lot of twists and turns to now you seem to me to be so solidly um, stepped into your your passion and your work, and um, I think it's helpful for people to know that that's not kind of a um, uh, a straight jump. That you know, it it often takes a lot of twisting and turning to get there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm interested in this last segment in in kind of highlighting both of those that you you have in fact found your work and found your life in a very passionate way and that it's never an easy journey. No,
2: it's not unfortunately because uh you know one would think you know that the big the tragedy of what I happened with Bob which by the way you know it doesn't and never goes away um but Someone did, my therapist a long time ago, Barbara Graham in Dallas, lovely woman, she told me that grief, you know, at the time when it first happened, it felt like I had an 11-story building on my back and that someday it would be brought down to a box with a lid on it and sometimes the lid would open and I would experience the grief by surprise or I could choose to open the lid and then experience the grief, per, you know, per my choice. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am now with, with Bob uh, and the whole experience. So after the fact, really, what ended up happening is that you know, one, I always tell people I was a bit asleep for a year and a half, and in the midst mm-hmm. of my slumber, and I really was. I was in shock. Mm-hmm. I was. I had, fortunately, so much, so much support, and I was very great. I'm still to this day so grateful for those people that came forward to help me in so many ways. Um, but I was asleep in the middle of my slumber. I ended up in a relationship with somebody who. I learned a lot from, how about that? <laughs> I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what I could handle with challenges. And I did experience great challenges, great gifts, but great challenges in that relationship where we should never have been together. <laughs> mm. um, but there were, there were gifts in my career. I learned a lot about uh, television. I learned a lot about different things. But the gift out of that also was my son. And my son was a surprise. <laughs> uh, and he was not planned, but I, I did, I did was actually, and I'll share this personal story that I was engaged to his dad. We took a trip to France. I came back and I had a bad case of jet lag that turned out to be a baby. So, and it's kind of funny, you know, it's kind of funny, but my baby, uh, we got married right away. And then, but then I had to leave him when my son was two and a half. Now. I know that many people would, might want to push through something like that for the, for the sake of the family and the child, but it really was a better choice to leave with my children, okay? And my son, who is now 18, is truly just as my, my daughters are, I'll be fair, that, you know, they're all the lights of my life, but he really mm. is like my wedding gift that I got out of that. And after that, you know, I sort of, I, when I got out of that and I was awake, I was really awake after that. I ended up having some of the best times of my life. I got, I had some fun relationships, I had numerous proposals, but I was a bit skittish. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I, I'm so grateful. <laughs> truly, truly. I was like, I got, I had great trips and gifts and lovely times with them and my family, everything. We had, I just had such a good time, you know, I really did. And uh, I ended up, uh, and you know, and here's the thing about Laura, Laura is in love with love, right? So I have an open heart, even in the, even in spite of all that stuff. I do love, love, you know, and I love loving my friends and my children, animals, you know, and then unfortunately my picker got a little broken and the ones I did end up picking that um, after my son's dad, there were a few others that were not so fun that I was like, I don't think I really want to go there. And so um, really what ended up happening after all these years is that I go, wow, you know, here I am. Now I'm finally an empty nester with my son just going off to film school, which he's creative too, which is lovely. And, um, you know, I am, as you have said, I've sort of stepped into who I really am as imperfect of who I really <laughs> am now in this mm-hmm. perfection of imperfection, you know, where I have to say, as you say, Cheryl, you, you, you kind of go, hey, it's, this is just me. This is who I am. So you know, I may forget things sometimes, or I—I, I, uh, which of course comes with age, but also people who've gone through a lot of trauma uh, in their lives. You know, our memories are not as great sometimes, right? And so years ago, I used to be upset if I didn't remember something, and now I'm like, ah, that's just me. Just know that I've been through a lot. Remind me again. <laughs> uh-huh. So. Um, Now I've really, uh, you know, after publishing several books and I've hosted radio shows and TV shows and I've been a spokesperson. I've done all these things for lots of other people and brands and whatever. That I've really started to focus more upon building my own company, which is Odyssey Star, which elevates up, which building up other people's platforms who have these great messaging platforms of life enhancement uh, things like uh, empowerment and motivation and and some sort of message that's going to whether impact one person's life or people's lives around the world. And so I feel like I'm kind of a, I'm pretty good at branding and marketing and understand integrated media by all my experience. I love psychology. I love human behavior and I love to try to figure out how to how to dangle the beautiful sparkly little light to get people's attention
1: towards a message that's very positive. Does that make sense? So, It does, um, and it, it to me it also uh connects with um what I thought when I began with this show, and now I'm even more deeply confirmed in it, is that um, once you have faced off with with the big the big loss thing, <laughs> um, yeah. there's a kind of intuitive. You're speaking very intuitively about it. Now I, I've looked at your website. I've looked at what you do. It's very crisply crisply defined. You know, you know exactly what you're about. You're and yet your draw to it is a heart draw. Yeah. You, you, you want to do that. It's, it comes up through you. Thank that's you. how I understand it. Does that mm. resonate with how you experience it? Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It's so lovely. I love that you get
2: that because that's so true that I, I do live from my heart and I, my, this is my passion. And, you know, life is too short to be doing things that you're miserable, you know, about. Um, yes, life isn't always so peachy, you know, peachy and beautiful and lovely. And we have to have those other times that are not so much fun. But if you can step into a space like I am working very hard to stay in this space of empowerment and inspiration and motivation and with a tremendous long-term vision, uh, of growth of my company that can, you know, really reach many, many people. Because this world needs a lot of help. And uh, if I can do my part in that, um, I, I know I am I know deep within me, I know this is my life purpose. I know I'm here to assist in waking others up. I've been in slumber before. I understand devastation, I understand the darkness. and, and I may not understand everybody's darkness, but I understand how to uh, point in the direction of the light and say, guess what? You know, and be so simple to say that even in the darkest of the storms, the sun always comes out, right? I mean, it sounds so like, I don't know, Pollyanna in a way, but it's not. It's it's real and true. And to be able to help others do that as well as grow my own platform as well. I mean, uh, I'm going to start doing, a uh, you know, an interview show again and start getting out there. I'm not going to hide behind a little you know, whatever I was hiding behind for a little while, you know, retreating and licking my wounds here and there, you know, Mm. I am bringing myself forward as well. And, and being invited on your show, um, which is the first interview I've done in in a a while. Um, It's so, it's so good for me to be doing this really, because I got to tell you, because about an hour ago, before the interview, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm going to talk about myself. (laughs) And this is going to be recorded, and it's here and up for everybody to listen to. But I do believe my messaging and my story can be inspirational for other people. If it is, I've done my job, you know. And so,
1: yeah, that's where I am. so. Yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. What's What's interesting to me is uh, sometimes after a great loss, people do totally different things. Sometimes after a great loss, people do what they were doing before differently. And, and you know, you were on, uh, as you said, you were already health and fitness, you were already wellness, you're already, you know... Um, light in the world kind of directed uh, or, or motivated mm-hmm. and yet I can imagine that the people that work with you now um, feel that sense of encouragement both because of the I've been there part but also uh, if they can't take a move I'm, I'm imagining you're not hard on them <laughs> No, because you know, when you've been there yourself when you've had those three months of, of um, eating chocolate or whatever it is Mm-hmm. uh, you know that those can come and they can go, yes, yeah,
2: I mean, absolutely this uh acceptance aspect of you know watching someone go through a struggle or or having difficulties in their life, which you know again, I'll use the word human i'm I'm human, I have those too, I have few days where I'm like wait a minute why am I still in my robe at three o'clock in the afternoon what, what's what's that about right I mean mm-hmm. and that might be just because I'm like in my computer completely leaving this planet and going <laughs> into my computer <laughs> but which is typical you know I have to you know snap myself out of that because I am very creative and I and I love love writing and working and that kind of thing but yeah I mean to People have to be easy on themselves in the journey mm. too, you know. And, and you point out that, yeah, I've always been into health and fitness and wellness. My passion began very, very young. When I was like 11 or 12, I was very interested in this whole nutrition thing and whole, whole foods and that kind of thing. But I have to tell you what the difference, what, what happened to me is that, yes, I was body mind, uh, you know, body mind fitness kind of thing, but it really, blew it out in the spiritual area, the inspirational mm-hmm. area uh, where I could say that I became completely balanced in that sense. You know, if that was missing, you know, that it really balanced me out in every single way that I go, wow, you know, that I have the, there's the, the body and the, and the mind and then the spiritual aspect. So there's heart and, and all that. There's a whole balance to be had uh, where I can stand in my power and and stand in this place, in my moment on Earth, to feel that I am being divinely directed to, to do something to help people the best that I can, uh, with kindness and acceptance and understanding. Then you know that's a that's a beautiful thing.
1: You know what what comes to my mind is that in some way your husband your husband's human pain was hidden, right? Yeah. We don't know what was going on in there, but it was hidden. You didn't know about it. No. And in some way, you invite people to, to uh, have conversation with that, to go past it or to go forward. That seems to me a great honoring of him. Oh, I love that. I do love that very much.
2: Yeah. You know, but I say something funny to. I'll say to people, you know, I didn't, I didn't buy a ticket for that ride, you know. I, yes. I, I I was in another
1: line uh, at the amusement park. I I thought it was going on a <laughs> right. different ride. Right. <laughs> but we, but we I, get I the line we get, ticket. don't we? We get the line we get. We get the we get, we get thrown on the ride. We get thrown on. Yeah. Within yeah. within that, we have some choices to make. Some things really are beyond choice. But I I hope the best for your endeavor uh, and all your endeavors, and um, let's keep in touch.
2: Thank you, Cheryl. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me on the show.
1: So glad to have had you. Next week, I'll have Mindy Fried, whose book Caring for Red illuminates the lessons she learned in the last year of her father's life. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host Cheryl Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week.